everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are here yet again with some Veronica questions, and of course, our always our tiny little update with our tiny little creatures that we have that we call pets. Um, the last week has been pretty eventful. Um, little Miss Marple, the one that I adopted recently, she's 12 years old, she started coughing, but she would cough for a whole day and then wouldn't cough for three or four days. <laughs> so it was kind of strange. And so I decided that there's a cough going on. I have no idea what's happening. I'm going to take her up and have them take a look at her. So I took her to the vet. And, of course, they said, well, you know, she's not running a fever. There doesn't appear to be any infections. Her blood, we just did about six weeks ago, and it was fine. So they said, well, we'll take an x-ray. Maybe there's something caught in her throat or something. We don't know. So they took the x-ray that she has a condition called a collapsing trachea, which is a common occurrence, they tell me, with chihuahuas. So I have to give her this medicine. It's, it's like an internal muscle reactor that I have to mix in with her food so that when she eats, it expands that open a little bit so that she can get um, easier to swallow. So I said, okay. But in the meantime, with all this, the doctor said, well, there's one other thing I'd like to discuss with you. Marple has extremely long legs for a chihuahua. I'd say her legs are at least two to three inches longer than the other chihuahua's legs. And the back legs make her spine tilt a little bit forward. And the doctor said due to that condition of how her legs are, that over the years, and this has probably been going on since she was a puppy, there were three discs in her back that were compressed together. Uh, she said with no cartilage in between. She had very little cartilage. So I said, okay. So I said, well, what do I do about that? And she said, well, there's really nothing that can be done other than the fact that, you know, I'll give you some pain medication for it because that's, it's got to be aching and hurting her. And I said, okay, so I can do that. So they gave me the hydrocodone. I came home, and I started her on the regimen of the stuff of food, and I gave her the dosage for the hydrocodone. She slept for almost 18 hours. Was like I thought I killed her. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. And I called the vet, and they said, well, it's probably a little strong for her. Let's cut the dose way back. I said, well, she's still sleeping. They said, oh, she'll sleep it off. So I gave it to her one more time, half the dosage, and she's lethargic. I mean, she's just like almost stumbling around. So we went and got some CBD oil just for her. And I started giving her that instead, which is she's having a much better reaction to. I'm going to save the hydrocodone in the refrigerator just in case I need it. But it, I don't think it agreed with her all that well. So we found out that her cough condition is not bad and that she has this, you know, spine condition, which I never would have known about. So it's actually better that the cough happened so that I found out this additional information. She is the sweetest little puppy, just adorable. And all she wants is a soft bed, dinner, and she loves sweet potatoes, by the way. She'll eat the sweet potatoes and not want to eat any of the regular got-up chicken and stuff. She loves the sweet potatoes. And she just wants to be loved, and she's so comfortable and so happy. Um, I'm so glad I've got her as an addition to the family. 
And all of them have now settled all their differences and have decided that they're all going to sleep together. So it is incredibly cute. They're all snugged in together under the blanket on, on the, you know, I have like a bed on the floor. And things are going really well. So I am pleased with Punch. Uh, Guinness is still doing good, too, um, considering all the things he's got blowing out on him <laughs> at the age of 19. He's still doing good. Um, I continue to give him all his meds and everything. He continues to eat. And he's even back a little bit being snarky, which is Guinness's normal way. And I can't tell you how happy I am that he's being snarky again because that means he's feeling good. So, Tony, how are your little munchkins over there? Well, we're doing fine. Um, I had to take Alex in yesterday. Uh, we had an appointment for about a month um, to see if he had a cracked tooth that went down into the gum area. Um, and he had to be groomed because they won't, Alex or Duke will not let me groom them. And uh, so he had to be sedated. And they pulled three teeth yesterday instead of one. Uh, two of them in front were floating. Um, and then the one in the back had to come out. So I picked him up last night. He was very mad at me. Um, but he's doing good. He's resting today. Um, and he looks beautiful. He has a puppy cut now. And all oh. the had on him, and he wouldn't let me touch it. So all is well. Uh, it's all your fault that this all happened. You know that. I know. I know because the night before, uh, he had diarrhea, and Alex will not. When he's got to go to the bathroom, he will wake me up. So the night before, I he woke me up about four times, and then it was time to get up. Uh, so I had no sleep. I was worried about him. Um, and picked him up yesterday at five, and he's doing fine. So oh, that I'm was so our, our crisis this week. But other than that, Duke is, you know, he's trying to be an only child any way he can. But yes. he gets <laughs> mad at me. Yeah. So yeah, that's about it. He gets mad at me, too. He's having yeah. a little bit of incontinence, just a little bit. So I yeah. have what they call these little male wraps. He's yeah. not pleased about it, but he's starting to be just slightly incontinent, slightly. A little yeah. bit here, a little bit there. So I thought, you know, I'm going to nip this in the bud because at his age, I'm lucky he's peeing. So <laughs> I'm just going to put up with it and went out and bought a couple more, you know, male wraps today. And um, I'm just going to keep rotating them so that he doesn't pee on the floor. Because um, he right. doesn't realize he's doing it. And I know he would be mortified if he realized he was doing it. Um, oh, I think yeah. he turns around and looks at it and goes, who did that? I mean, that's where he's at with his little brain and everything. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I think I'm going to go get Veronica and All see right. what, we, uh, what we got today. So hang on. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Um, we've got some great questions, as always. And um, I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Indeed we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Michael. 
I've heard you say that upon leaving the physical, we have a life review with our guides and a consult. Does each soul have their own individual consult? Is it the same consult after each incarnation? The process when one is in life review, it is the guides. It may be other energies that can form a council moment, but they're not there to judge. They're there to listen and encourage you to recognize how your life went and have a very honest experience with it. They are there to be helpful and positive. There are different energies in every individual's counsel. Now, my some might be the same, but it's not an exact same, quote, counsel that sees everybody. There are energies that match with you and energies that don't. And the ones that match with you and the ones that have some knowledge about what you went through, which includes your guides, will be there to help you discern what went well, what didn't go well, and offer ideas and suggestions of how the individual incarnate can make it better. And sometimes it includes maybe going back and reincarnating right away. Sometimes it may include some reflection and some atonement that might include going back into linear reality. But everyone's counsel is slightly different because you're all very different. And it's always energies that have had some experience with your energy so that there is familiarity and comfort when you meet up with them. This isn't like a tribunal when you're on trial. This is a moment where it is discussed what went wrong and discussed what went right and offering of support and encouragement to do better, to evolve and grow. That's what your afterlife experience is really like. All right. Our next question is coming from Matthew. What is the best way to shield yourself from negative energies? Well, the surefire way to protect yourself is to raise your own vibration extremely high. Because negative energy is always a little bit denser, a little bit more abrasive. And when a negative energy is wafting through, if your vibration is very high and the frequency is, it's impossible for them to interfere with you. It's when you allow your energy frequency to dip and not keep focus on it, then a negative energy can come in and wreak a little havoc in the life. So to protect yourself, it's not like you have to put up barricades and all this stuff. It is a raising of your own vibration, which every single one of you can do. This is not out of anyone's reach. Some might take a little longer to raise their frequency, but it can be done. And we encourage all of you to make a practice of raising your vibration every single day. Think about it and decide what you need to do to complete that task. That is the best way. There's been thousands of other suggestions, we're sure, but that one is the most effective. All right, our next question is coming from Linda. 
Have there ever been human human beings that live in the linear without a soul? Well, it's pretty standard that uh, the human being body offers a haven and opportunity for the soul. The human body has become very accustomed to participating socially with energy. When the human body was first created, it was not utilized as such, um, as as a receptacle for the soul to have participation in. But And so, therefore, the human condition was rather unevolved for a very long time. Then when it started to be the moment where the soulful energy wanted to have an experience in the linear, then that whole process started. It is very, very seldom that there's any sort of human physical biology that's running around without a soul in it. Um, because the conditions of the reality now it's pretty much a have-to moment. So being in the linear without a soul in the body, that body just would not function as well and therefore not probably not last very long without the soul to operate. Okay. Our next question is coming from Don. I'm wondering if a person has the same abilities and is able to do the same things in each life. Or do we pick what we want to be good at? The individual person who is incarnate, the incarnate, is moving from life to life to life. When they come into the physical reality when they're very young souls, they decide upon something that might interest them. And all of you, have witnessed a prodigy. Let's talk about, say, there's a three-year-old, four-year-old child who can sit at the grand piano and play Beethoven and Brahms and everything beautifully at a very young age and picked it up just like that when they were taking lessons. And those in the linear define it as, oh, the child is extremely talented. It's most likely that the prodigy that you're witnessing now participating in a new life where maybe they've had 10 lives before it where they practice all their piano skills and now they come in at three and four years old already being a virtuoso on the piano. It's not a fluke. It is most likely a conglomeration of participating with the piano for many different lives. And if an energy is very focused and stay upon the piano and they love it, they, they, it, it goes through their soul and oozes out of them in this beautiful way, it's because they've been doing it and doing it and they return to it with ease. So any of the prodigies you see, and they're prodigies in all kinds of things, not just piano, we're just using that as an example. When you come into a life at the very beginning of your process, you usually pick something. But it doesn't have to be one thing either. There are many times we talk to somebody and we say, well, most lives you're a healer. But this particular life you picked, you liked the cello. And you wanted to do that instead. So you can sort of bounce in between the two. And sometimes the top doctors in the world who are working on people with all of their knowledge they have might be a really great virtuoso on the cello as well. So 
you pick things and then you keep going at them, but you, it doesn't have to be one thing is the point of this little dissertation. There are many things that you're all really good at. The ones that you pick continuously, well, when you come in, you could be a three-year-old prodigy at it. But moving through the, all the different lives, it's usually more than one thing. And you do pick it. And you do practice it. And you do grow and evolve in it. Looking at it from the big picture moment, it's a process that's just not a one-off on a life where you played the piano. It's a continuation all the way through. Okay, Veronica. That was our last question. And if you want to take a break, come back and give a message to the world, that would be great. All right, dear. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Great questions. And... Don't be shy. Write in to innerwhispersradio.com. Um, as I always mention, you know, if you want to, if some of the questions we had today, you want to continue on with more questions with that subject, that's great. So don't be shy and write in. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Well, we have looked at your calendar. And it looks like you're all now moving in towards the end of yet another year on planet Earth. The end of the year usually signifies sort of holiday time, where various religions in various countries, they have all these different holidays that they participate in. Some people love holidays, but there are other people who, who feel very disconnected during holidays. It might be a reminder of not-so-good things. We think it's really important for each of you, no matter what your earlier experience was, no matter if you were a young child and it was, you know, the holidays were just not, not a fun time, to create a whole universe in your own energy and use the holiday time to refresh and restore yourself, but also to celebrate just being on the planet. Now, we know some of you are going to, you know, go, oh, my God, Veronica, that's terrible. I, I don't want to be on the planet. Decide that you're going to take a little bit of time when there is a holiday. Maybe not celebrate Christmas or New Year's or anything like that. Just take the time because everything slows down a little bit when you have a holiday. Take an opportunity to be in the downtime. And not in a sad way, but in a rejoicing way. Find something about you. Maybe you've recovered from some illness. Maybe you have met somebody. Maybe there's been a new child born into the family unit. Celebrate the good stuff. And if it's only one thing, so be it. You don't have to have a stack of good things to celebrate. Find one thing. And it could be as simple as, you know, you, you made something and it, and it turned out okay. Decide you're going to celebrate you. We're going to celebrate during the holidays of being able to breathe, anything that you might have done, and, and finding the good things that have come into your life. Now, we realize there's some of you that say, well, nothing good came in. Perhaps think about creating something then, good. Put your thoughts into the creation of good rather than the lamentation of things not going good. In linear reality, it's always up and down, up and down. It's like a pendulum going back and forth. It can be very good, 
and it swings back and it's not so good. During your holiday season, when you have a moment of pause and rest, attempt to push the pendulum towards the positive. And if it's one small thing, celebrate it. Because by watering it, the flowers will grow and perhaps you'll get another good thing. You are in charge of your reality. There are no victims. Decide that you are strong. Decide that you can create whatever it is you wish to create. And by celebrating it and giving thanks for it, you are increasing the probability that it will double, quadruple, and become even more abundant. So holiday time is coming. Decide, even if you're all by yourself, decide to be joyful. Even if there's a crowd of people and there's people in the family that you go, oh, my God, I don't know if I can spend five minutes with this person. Spend the five minutes. Spend the time. And try to find some good in it somewhere. By doing things that way, you are setting also an example for those who might be right up to their chin in muck and mire and negativity. And by your participation, they may give you a hard time, but they are observing and they are taking in the energy, the good energy that you're putting out. So decide during holiday time to be that beacon of light. Be that person that says, well, you know, yeah, there's some not so great things going on, but here's one thing that is going on that's good. By seeking out the positive in everything, you are creating for yourself an easier environment. So decide to make those moments happen and enjoy the time where the frenetic energy on your planet perhaps has a little moment to take a breath. And that is the great opportunity for you to also reinvent and refurbish yourself. So decide that's what you're going to do this year. Be loving, be happy, and decide. Thank you, Veronica. Beautiful message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.